This program is not intended to diagnose, treat, or take the place of a physician or any licensed medical personnel. Hi, this is Tracy Elman, and I'm here with Arlene Starkey, a very good friend of mine for over 25 years. And Arlene is the most knowledgeable person I know of that is not a doctor and can give you more information about diet and vegetables and health than any doctor that I've ever met. Arlene, thank you for being on the show. You had to put a tile on me, I guess you could call me a health missionary, maybe. The health missionary. Yeah. Or the health researcher, or what was the other uh, name? Yeah, health research person. Um, oh, I have my certification for Master Gardener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they had their Ezekiel bread or whatever, you know, they made some scratch that they grew from the garden. We've come so far, and things are so processed, and the whole GMO thing that it's like they've really messed with our food. If you have an illness, you need to go totally plant-based. So if you like chicken, you need to go to Trader Joe's or like Vaughn. If you go in the vegetarian section for meat, they have vegetarian hot dogs that are soy-based. They have little chicken strips. Trader Joe's has some, and they all have like a teriyaki sauce that you mix in. And they're delicious. So you have that with your meal instead of like a real chicken. Because the animal protein, if you have more than 20% animal protein, you're at risk for developing disease, cancer, heart disease. Because the only way you, for instance, the only way you get heart disease, uh, cardiovascular problems, uh, meaning cholesterol, arterial sclerosis, clogging the arteries, that cholesterol comes from animals. So if you take out the animals, the vessels will repair themselves. The vegetables you're eating will have the nitric oxide ingredient, which coats the, the vessels and keeps the vessels strong, and you'll have clear vessels, so you won't die of heart disease. If you have a serious disease, you want to be plant-based. If everything's okay and you're still young, you could get away with some animal products, but keep it to a, a garnish, a minimum, like the Chinese do. They don't have the degenerative disease that we do because they don't eat a lot of animal products. You know, rice, vegetables sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, How did you learn about this? Well, well, since I've known you, I've been studying it. So it's just one resource after another, you know, following the different leads and put it all together. And that's what you come up with. And the main resources of the China, well, you know, started with the hundreds of people. Okay. And then, then the China study and Ethel Stein's book on uh, reversing heart disease. And of course, there's Ornish and uh, that guy that died. I forget his name off the top of my head. But anyway, they all were able to reverse degenerative heart disease. And um, let's see, what's the guy's name that's written all the books on cancer? Of course, I started with Gerson with the, the you know the Gerson therapy. But then there's been a lot of research um, now. Now there's research on epigenetics, and if you have a cancer gene, that you know they discovered the genes thing now. But if you have a cancer gene. You can turn it off with um, eating a lot of plants that find antioxidants and it turns the gene off. So you're less likely to get the cancer than if you ate fried food and the regular junk food on every corner and very little fruits and vegetables. You know, uh, but the epigenetics is a very interesting study, so that's something you can look into. I've never heard um, of it. I'd like to take a course in it. And the whole idea is that uh, we've got genes give you a proclivity towards certain diseases, but you're born with them. But if you're born with them turned on because of your previous ancestor's lifestyle, 
if you change to a plant-based diet, you know, rich in antioxidants, you know, organic produce and that kind of stuff, you can turn those genes off. So the, the good genes are turned on, the bad genes are turned off. So there's a lot of uh, studies on that. So you call it epigenetic? Yeah, E-P-I, epigenetic, and then genetics. E-P-I, genetics, epigenetics. Wow. I think that's the proper spelling. Yeah, so that's kind of the new kid on the blog that all the doctors are talking about now. And, the, well, you know, the ones that I listen to that come to do our talks, because I still do all that work with the uh, Camarillo Church. And, you know, they do classes every spring. Well, starting in January, they bring guests in to do talks. And then uh, I help with the conference that they have, the health conference every year, which is similar to just like a seminar. They have different speakers, and then they have a couple people demoing how to cook some vegan recipes and then they feed you like a healthy meal catered by like veggie grills last year and have probably somebody different this year you know so it's coming here i've been doing it for the last three years i've been helping them do it but i'm just like a helper you know the organizer is dr Lowe, and if you go to the camrio church that does all this stuff when I was going through the whole cancer thing with my dad and using the Gerson therapy and other thing, I read it to mom and she had cancer. So I was helping her. We were working on the Gerson therapy. Well, subsequently her, her mother died and then I got, became friends with her daughter. And so she kept in contact with me. And then when this stuff started coming up at, her, at the Camarillo Church, and uh, I don't know if you know, remember, we were always going on these camp outs and everything. So and they heard oh. badges. It was like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. I do remember. Yeah. yeah, I was really too young for all that. But anyway, so we dropped out of it at some point, and I don't remember exactly why, but, but anyway, I kept in contact with her, and then she started going to that church, and so she let me know, like, maybe four years ago that they were doing a program, so the CHIP program. Basically, Hans Diehl, D-I-E-H-L, he started the CHIP program, which is, uh, it was coronary, it's comprehensive, but it was just for coronary disease, but they also talk about diabetes, everything, but uh, digestive problems. But it's nicknamed CHIP. If you go to chip.org or .com, I think this stuff would come up about the CHIP program. This um, comprehensive health program, comprehensive something health program. Doctors that are involved with that program are the same people that do forks over knives. Essel Stein and, and Dr. Campbell. Dr. Campbell's the one that wrote the China study, which he went to China and redid the China study, completed the China study that the Chinese emperor did years ago. Basically, they found that there are certain cancers that were in certain regions of China, and they narrowed it down to this lifestyle that would cause the certain cancers. So it's kind of interesting, but in the meantime, he recreated some of the studies, and the one was with, with the 20% protein. When he upped the protein 120%, these rats that were in the experiment got cancer. And then he reversed it and took them off and then reversed the cancer. So he kind of went up and down, up and down. So he proved 20% was the marker for um, getting cancer. So that's a very interesting study. So they sell it in uh, Sprouts, Whole Foods. I'm sure any bookstore has it. It's called the China Study by uh, Dr. Campbell. Very interesting. Yeah. And then Dr. Esselstein. He's reversing heart disease with his book, and now his son is done on the bandwagon, so he's doing a lot of seminars and did a book and everything. It's his book, he was a fireman, so his, what's he doing with, I can't think of it off the top of my head, engine number one or something like that. I can't remember the number, but anyway, engine number nine or something like that. And 
basically the same things, you know, recipes and, and uh, talks about his father's work. But Enselstein, the people that he did his study on proved could reverse their heart disease, getting them on a plant-based diet. He's extremely strict. I would, uh, and I've talked to a couple of people, we would add back the healthy fats, because he even took out avocados and nuts and oils. I think I would add back the healthy fat, you know, with the avocados and nuts, and maybe a tiny bit of olive oil, but not much, because olive oil's got a problem too. But, but anyway, so, because you, your brain needs your omega fatty acids, because it's kind of floating, there's a lot of fat, omega, omega fatty acids in your brain, EFAs they call it, and, uh, and th- that's... Alzheimer's patients are deficient in that, so that's a nutrient that it needs. There's an, the same doctor that talks about cancer did a talk uh, for us on Alzheimer's being diabetes of the brain so, or insulin resistance of the brain. So basically, because of the diet, these fat cells plug up the, the areas where the insulin goes in and the cells so the insulin isn't getting in. So insulin resistance, so that's why then the pancreas gets messed up and, and so it's just begins a whole cell process in the body. So basically it's the fat that causes diabetes and the fat that causes diabetes in the brain and it's indicated in Alzheimer's patients. So if you go to Camarillo Seventh-day Adventist Church, their website will come up and click on a menu and you click on health, but you can watch the guest speakers that came to the last conference. Some of these seminars that I help with might see me and they're walking around somewhere. <laughs> That's so awesome. You've been involved in so many of these health things ever since I met you, gosh, 27 yeah, years ago. It's like, it's like finding a treasure, you know, because this knowledge is not used by your regular doctors, you know. And I told you about how I helped the man I'm working for, right, with the lady that has MS. I mentioned how I helped reverse his heart disease a little bit. Anyway, what happened was, is came on the scene, I was helping and then they found out, because I was doing one of my programs in April, so I told them about it, and I brought some samples from the food, because we'd have the food, you know, every night of the program. we feed those people when they come, show them how the food tastes if you cook that way. So anyway, so they really liked the stuff I brought, and then they asked me if I would prepare them a meal once in a while. So I started doing that, and they really liked it, so they wanted me to keep doing that more and more, you know. So now mm-hmm. I end up trying to, and they, they do order out sometimes, but... Anyway, mostly they try to keep on at the, what I'm trying to do for them. They're like my first client, if they're like my first experiment and having a client to do this. But anyway, so he had heart disease, okay? So slowly I saw, you know, slowly found out that he'd had, had had a operation, he had a bypass surgery. And um, so I've been helping him with, with his diet, changing his diet, getting him, I try to get him off of all cholesterol. So anyway, he goes in, in his regular uh, visits and everything, and then I guess the first time that I was helping him, the doctor gets his blood test back and says, you know what, your cholesterol is in the normal range, and all this other stuff is normal. What are you doing? So he said, well, I have this lady that uh, she makes my food, and she's taking out all that, what's he call that stuff? And he told me this, and then he remembers the word cholesterol. And she says, well, you know, everything's looking good, so keep keep uh, doing what you're doing. You know? So then, then he was supposed to have a carotid artery test, so he had a carotid artery test. Uh, which is the artery in the neck. And carotid artery was 75% or more filled with it. So no one ever talked to this guy about the fact that he had arteriosclerosis. So he just thinks, well, I just want those unlucky people have heart disease. Mm. No clue how he got it, right? So, right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, with what I was doing for his diet, he had to go back three months later for that test. And when he went back to have that test, he was seven points below 
what he was before. Now, see, they expected him to be the same or worse, and they were suggesting surgery. So if he's any worse, he has to have surgery. That's what his doctor was saying. Uh. Well, it went down. And so the doctor, you know, he's, he tells me this because I wasn't there, but he said, the doctor says, well, what are you doing? I have never seen this ever in my life. Someone's reversing their clogged artery. Never seen it. So what are you doing? You know, well, I have this lady, and she cooks my food, and I have a lot of vegetables and rice, you know, watermelon. <laughs> so then, okay, she goes in the hospital because she got MRSA virus infection. So I'm taking him to the hospital every day. Well, all of a sudden, he starts having chest pains, and uh, like an elephant sitting on his chest, and he can't, he's having a hard time breathing, walking up the stairs, doing his normal stuff. So the next day, when we're going to see her at the hospital, his doctor's like in the building next door, so he stopped in and he says, oh, the heck with it, I'm going to take my blood test early, because his blood test wasn't due for a couple of weeks. He was having such a time. I was having to use a wheelchair to take him up to her room, you know, so it's that bad. And we look at his, he has a physician's desk reference, and we're looking in there and reading all about heart disease, and we determined that he had angina and uh, he could be having a heart attack coming up. Okay, got the blood test. The doctor got the blood test the next day, and we called him. It says, you get in here uh, tomorrow. You know, I got to see because there's something really wrong. And so he went in there and, and the doctor prescribed him to be on nitroglycerin. So then he wanted to put him in the hospital, but because she's in the hospital, he didn't refuse to go in the hospital. So so he made the next appointment the following Monday and says, that's a, I'll see you Monday if, that's, if you're still alive. So that's how bad it was. So, wow. So then... We get in the prescription, and that, the patch helps immediately. He never had to take the pills yet, so it wasn't too, you know, he got away with just getting the patch. He still has the patch every day. But then he started feeling better, and then the next time he went to his appointment, the puts on to the story is, you know, the doctor's checking him all over, and things are seems to be circulating better. His edema in his legs is gone. And then, and then he says to him, is that still lady still with you? And he goes, well, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, talking about some girlfriends. You know, that lady that makes you the food. Oh, yeah, yeah, our lady. Yeah, she's still making me food. And, and so the doctor said, if he had checked with his stethoscope all over, you know, his chest, and you you get that lady and put her under contract, she can never leave you because she's saving your life. So he said to him, so basically... My claim to fame is a doctor prescribed me for one of his patients. <laughs> oh. That's my one claim to fame. Anyways, I'm still helping them with the food, but it's kind of hard because she wants to order something from Tony's Pizza and stuff, and he does his best not to eat it. He eats a salad instead, but it's hard because he's uh, was a rich man and had a rich lifestyle and used to eat whatever he wanted. You know, now he can't because of the heart thing, but. Um, but anyway, it was kind of nice for me, so it kind of proved to me that what I was I was doing a good thing by helping him. And he was a good sport, and he t- he took it, and he would eat the food I made. I mean, it's not like my husband. I can't help my husband. He's stubborn. He anything. He won't eat. He, he cooks his own food now because I'm not home. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. Kind of like my calling card is Forks Over Knives movie. So you can see it on Netflix. You can also log on and get their free newsletter. A lot of stars give testimonies they've on the diet and how good they feel and so you'll see a lot of new recipes or new ideas people put on there and uh, things that they've helped and going on switching over to plant-based so I'm not the producer for that movie so I'd like to do a movie um, with another spin to it you know but but maybe another one on the same order but with just interviews of people it's really good really well put together so if um, you guys have Netflix we do. Oh, good. Just go to documentaries 
I hope it's still on there. It's called Forks Over Knives, meaning Forks Your Lifestyle Over Having Open Heart Surgery. Okay, that's kind of what Forks Over Knives is talking about. Oh. But it's, um, it's not that long, and it's very well done. And they'll talk about uh, Dr. Campbell on there and Dr. Estelstein. They're older men, but um, you'll kind of hear their story, and you'll see all the people they helped. And in between, you learn all the facts and figures of why you want to um, you know, switch over to more plants in your diet. You know, and that's the whole idea of it. They don't want it. If you really love chicken, they don't want to take it away from you. They just keep it as a garnish. That's the kind of thing. And with more detail, much more detailed studies that gets right into the, the uh, chemistry of it all. Mm-hmm. But but this is the really good uh, calling card. I when I try and get someone to uh, switch over or to do this program, I have them watch the movie. They can. Mm-hmm. I have a lady I'm trying to talk into watching this relative of his. So anyway, it's a long story. Learning a lot, but. Um, that was kind of my proof that this really worked. Oh, absolutely. I could, help, I could help a lot more people if I could get put down in what I know in a book, you know. Right. I've studied all these different modalities, and I could put it all together in one book. For my kids, I can leave it as a legacy for my kids because I can't mm-hmm. tell them anything right now. But years to come, they'll, mm-hmm. maybe they'll have something to read to see. Oh, so this is what mom was talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, Arlene, so, yeah. so what is it? That you want to get out of helping all these people. Like, how are you going to earn any money from helping all these people? I don't make any money at what I do. So I just tell people. That's it. You're doing Shackley still? Yeah, I'd like to get the Shackley going. But, you know, I just don't have time to talk to people. My customers sometimes order. And so, but I'm I'm not making any money to speak. of. I do get a little bonus, you know. Maybe a hundred dollars here and there, but um, because of people are ordering. But yes. I did the okay. I did the I did the shows, you know. So, but I haven't been doing any shows because I'm I'm so swamped with the, taking care of these people in addition to all my other work, which is hard to keep up with because of these people. So I gotta balance my I gotta do a time management thing for myself and figure out how I can do do everything okay. I'm doing. But, so, so would you like, do you want them to contact you by email or by phone? Or do you have a website? Or phone, it would be fine. I've always, through Shackley, you know, it's a proved website. I had two of them. I had one in, uh, you know, up in, what, Washington, Oregon area. And then I had, uh, and I got some customers from that area, you know, because they it came up when they looked at for a distributor, I came up for a local area, but you know, not that local, but uh-huh. my website would come up and they contacted me. My phone number or my email address. Which is? Well, my phone number is 805-210-0726. My email address is stark, stark2448 at hotmail.com. Then about Shackley products um, being you know, natural, organic, uh, non-toxic. First, the cleaning products are non-toxic. The garden is in the garden. Well, I had a biochemist come and talk to us one time, and um, he said he really um, uses Shackley for his clientele. He has a clinic up up in uh, Oregon. And he said if there's anything better than Shackley, he would be using it. So he really felt Shackley was the best, you know, Reasonably priced. I mean, it's not Walmart prices, but it's reasonably priced as far as the quality. They use organic products. They don't do any animal testing. They do, uh, like, uh, millions of dollars of testing before we even get a product to be sure 
that uh, the ingredients are pure, that they work, that it's standardized. Uh, other companies don't really have to meet those requirements, but they put those standards of quality on themselves. So it's just, uh, I don't have to do a lot of research. You know, if I send somebody to the health food store to get some B12 or, or vitamin B or whatever, I don't know what they're going to come up with, you know, whereas if I refer them to Shackley, I know that they're going to get a quality product. I don't have to worry about researching each of the millions of products that are out there in the health food store. So I already know Shackley's good. And they have, you know, Dr. Shackley was really ahead of his time as far as understanding that we need to get back to nature. So that's kind of what Shackley's all about, getting back to nature. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. Now, what are your qualifications? I'm just a research addict. <laughs> a research person. I have taken courses, been involved in a lot of seminars in the lifestyle medicine. So if I would have a certification, I would like to say it was with lifestyle medicine, which I'll eventually get when I have the time to take the course of study. So now that I have a master gardener certification because um, I believe that uh, we're as healthy as the soil we grow our plants on. So I know about that because of the studies I've done on soil remineralization, which uh, you think we talked about that years ago. So, wow. Um, so basically, I'm just a self-taught, you know, like the whole homeschooling thing. I'm just self-taught. Um, I study under scholars that are already have the degrees in their fields, and I study under them and um, try to share the message with whoever I come in contact with. So I'm like a missionary. <laughs> wow. Now, so. You are so good at this and so knowledgeable. Let's do a podcast on this. What's a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just would like to help your mom, you know, so she doesn't get cancer again. That's what brought this all on, you know. Yeah. Then you brought Matthew into the picture. So, yeah, I'd like to help him, too. You know, he's getting sick with whatever, you know. Well, we're all all getting healthy. We're we're well, getting we're all getting healthy and getting fixed with things that they say nobody can get fixed from. So it's has a lot to do with our God. So and oh, and I did have another question for you. How did you get involved with going to all these different churches, even though they're not your church, and finding that they have all these wonderful programs? Well, I guess um, okay. The beginning though, and so I started thinking. You know, are they just experimenting on us? I mean, I know they call this is medical practice, but are they really just experimenting on us? Do they really know how to get us well? And so I started questioning, and first I thought I ate healthy, you know, I chicken and rice, and I thought I ate pretty healthy. And, of course, we go out to eat, and, you know, we'd have McDonald's and, you know, Kentucky Fried, just like everybody else. And, and um, of course, I was at the peak of health, you know, I always had a little bit of a weight problem, and, and uh, I get sick every once in a while, but um, you know, my kids. When your kids get sick, you're you're really panicking because you don't know what to do, and then you gotta you gotta uh, rely on these people who have PhDs or doctors and whatever they tell you. You gotta do, and without question. And you know, so I just started questioning. Okay, 
this is maybe symptom removal, but what caused this? You know, so I started talking to people, re- doing a little research. Well, I run, ran into a lady um, that I had met. We had children the same age, the same age as her daughter. So she was into, she had done a study, which I never heard of, uh, with natural hygiene. So I started studying that. I started giving all their books and reading it, and they advocate fasting and, of course, raw foods, totally raw foods diet. So I was reading all their books and just in awe about how, the, you know, the, just the concept of the fact that we could change our destiny just by changing our lifestyle, you know. So that's where it all started. A couple other things happened that really turned me in that direction, and, and just the people I met. And the course actually mentions the Mormon Church and the Adventist Church as being two churches that they have longevity because of their lifestyle, and they eat whole foods. And whole foods and raw foods. Could you give a definition for that, please? Well, whole foods is, you know, like whole wheat, you know, whole wheat bread or sprouted bread, you know, the, the whole food, and it hasn't been... Uh, processed to a slight degree. I mean, when you cook it, you process it, but I mean, it hasn't gone through the factory. You know, like the wheat, the white flour has gone through a whole huge thing of processing. Well, uh, whole foods is the foods as grown, okay, as close as possible. Even when you cut it, you're processing, but as close as to, to being grown, you're eating that, okay? There's a little bit of processing. Raw foods is the same type of idea, but they won't have like whole wheat bread or they won't eat all the processed stuff. So raw foods is basically fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, sprouts, dried dried fruit, you know, dehydrated natural foods. So basically combinations thereof of those things. So it's totally, and no raw fish, no animal products, no dairy products, nothing animal. It's all plant-based. But plant-based is a more newer term that they're using because a lot of people shy away from vegetarian or vegan or, you know, some of the other things that they have out there. They think it's all, like, cult-oriented or something. Mm -hmm. But not so much today, but it was back when I was doing all these studies, you know. It's like you're kind of a freak if you're a vegetarian. (laughs) 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 Vegetarian is the other word people shy away from, you know, Mm -hmm. because they just think you you can't be healthy if you're a vegetarian, I mean, you can, they're proving it, uh, a lot of research, uh, only thing is because of, you don't know what the food content, mineral and vitamin wise is that you're eating because you go in a store and you pick an orange out, you have no idea what the vitamin C content is, whether it's organic or not, you have no idea, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell sometimes by the taste, when it tastes really delicious, then you know it's got all its minerals in it, but, um, like if a tomato has is tasteless it's grown on depleted soil it just doesn't taste as good as if one that you've gotten out of someone's home grown garden so that's kind of the idea behind whole foods and raw foods yeah and you know that they did that this whole natural hygienic movement was the turn of the century you know dr herbert shelton was one of the main guys he's long passed away because this was a long time ago but I see a spot of it come up every once in a while, but um, the, the Adventist Church is now included in any of the longevity studies that you pull up now, like the Blue Zones. They talk about the Adventist group. So that's when I got us involved in the Pathfinders program, and even though we didn't really go to the church, but uh, we, I, I, I kind of got more information along those lines just being involved with those people because they basically, not all of them, a lot of them eat, eat regular meat, steak, and everything, even though it's 
you know, on occasion. But they, the ones that follow the health message that was put forth at the early church, that they are purported to live longer than the person that eats our standard American diet, mm, which is... has SAD as an acronym. That's a sad diet. Anyway, so I started studying there and um, just kept moving along those lines with everything I studied. Mm -hmm. Because there's always somebody new coming up or has a new cookbook or a new spin on things, you know. But it all brings you back to the same thing that, you know, a plant-based diet seems to be the most easiest thing people can follow. They have have whole conventions now, you know, which didn't exist back when I started all this. What are they called, the conventions? Well, you know, they're like uh, the, uh, raw foods convention or vegan conventions. So um, I, I've only attended a couple of them just by accident because someone called me and said, oh, did you go to such and such? And so I went over there that weekend, usually a two or three day weekend. And they have a lot of guest speakers come in again. And one of the best ones is Cancer Control Society that you're aware of. It has their convention coming up next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend over the uh, uh, um, Labor Day holiday, September 3rd, 4th, and 5th, I believe it is this year. And uh, they bring in all these doctors that are plant-based and uh, have all these different uh, cancer-reversing therapies. You know, you learn a whole lot from just attending one of those. Mm-hmm. And, and there's uh, people that have the booths in the area that uh, they may have something to offer to as different health-oriented, uh, you know, like the juicer man comes in and they sell their various equipment for making a healthy juice and, mm-hmm. and different vitamins, you know, different supplements come in and give samples. And, and they have a lot of free testing. They, they can test and see where you're at in certain areas, you know, like the blood test. There's one fellow that did a blood test. So anyway, that's, uh, that's a great resource, too. The Cancer Control Society, every year they, they're over there at the Universal Hotel and uh, Universal Studio area. In California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I forgot. I did attend one of those with you. Had a great time. Yeah. yeah. Met a lot of people, people that I knew. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a couple of them that aren't with us today, unfortunately, I'm sad to say. Oh. Yeah. So, That's sad. For whatever reason. Anyway. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Uh, you know, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy helping people. So That's what it's all about. Thought. That's what it's all about. So I guess if you had to put a tile on me, I guess you could call me a health missionary, maybe. The health missionary. Yeah. Or the health researcher, or what was the other name? Yeah, health research person. Um, oh, I have my certification for Master Gardener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here in California, it's a really great program, by the way. And who is that through? Ventura County, um, UC, um, UC Davis. The teachers come from there to teach the program, and um, this through the agricultural department there in Ventura. You know where all the, uh, the the county the county seat is there in, in Ventura, Victoria. It's in, in that area. You go there for your class in the agricultural department. So it's actually a certification through the county. Well, you get it from the UC Davis sponsors the program. The teachers come from there. There's other Master Gardener programs. There's one in Santa Barbara, and I think uh, there's one in L.A. But basically, you get a certification after passing a test, after taking a course of study with these teachers, and they teach every subject that you can imagine on gardening. And the whole idea is that you become a volunteer to advise homeowners when they have problems with growing their fruits and vegetables or grass or whatever. They have a huge... um, database, you know, that you can access. They have a call-in program, so 
they train us to come in and we man the phones for a couple of days a week for a few hours in the afternoon and we field questions. And if we can't figure out the answer, then we go to one of the firm advisors to help us with helping the client. But we're basically are a force that helps the farm advisors so that they can concentrate on the farmers, you know, because they just don't have the time to help the everyday gardener homeowner and they'd love to but they just mm-hmm. don't have the time because there's so many needs now with the farmers so mm-hmm. master gardeners are a force that can come in and do programs they do uh, all kinds of little uh, workshops that people can come in and, and learn how to uh, compost make compost or plant fruit trees or prune your rose bushes and there's always some kind of course going on and big thing right now is uh, water wise you know using planting your your uh, neighborhood with plants that uh, are drought tolerant. So that's mm-hmm. that's the mainstream of the classes right now. Can anybody so, join, and is there a cost? There is a cost. It's like about $150 for the course. You have to be accepted into the course. You have to apply, and uh, September's the month they take applications in Ventura. So you'd have to go to the Master Gardener site to get the dates and everything. Cause I, but you can go on the, um, just put in Master Gardener, Ventura County and, and, and Google or something, it'll come up and then you go to their website and they'll announce when the interviews are coming and they have to uh, fill an application and then they um, call you in for an interview and then you find out in October if you've been accepted and then your program starts in November. So that's typically what's happened in the past. So mm-hmm. They make a few little changes, but and how- they have a whole board of, board of directors and everything mm-hmm. that to run the thing, so it's it's quite quite extensive, and it's very high quality and very well run, and uh, they offer a lot to the community. So, how long is the course? Um, it goes from let's say November, so they start prior to the holidays, and they take a break for the holidays, and it continues till April. So it's once a day. Uh, in the afternoon, usually the class is from one to four thirty. That's every, every Thursday, so it's once a week. Once a week, up until, you know, unless there's a holiday, up until the end of April, they graduate, have a graduation and uh-huh. big celebration and that. So, wow. But they usually have about 30 people, 35 people in the, each class. Hmm. So they, they, there's a lot more people that apply than, than they get accepted. So I felt very fortunate that I was accepted. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you still selling those... Um Thing, those planters that go oh, yeah, high? The tower, the, the tower gardens, yes. I still am a member of that to sell the tower garden, yes. That is something that a lot of people could use, and I know you could use it on a front porch or on a in an apartment even. Yes, you just have to have uh, full sun, you know. You have to have and electricity because it's run with electricity. I'd like to figure out how to do a solar one, but I haven't put my thinking cap on it. Getting that figured out yet? And how I'm sure you can. I'm sorry. Solar electricity. You know, if you want to have mm-hmm. it out on the grounds where you didn't have access to electricity, so and somebody may have already come up with that. I I don't know, but I have to check on that. Somebody may have already thought that up. I just don't know if they have or not, or where I would find that out. I can check with the company and see if anybody's working on it. You know, but and how many plants can you grow in that tower? Well, it varies because um, each section. Um, has like uh, pockets all the way around each section, so it depends on how how high you want to build it. Because you can get the basic kit, and then um, you can keep adding to it. So, 
just depends on what you want to do. So you can have like 12 plants, and now you can have 16 plants. Just tell them that you want to build a tower. You know, it's anything except root. You can't typically do root, you know, like a carrot. So you'd have to be like lettuces, uh, herbs, um, celery. I've grown celery in it and, um, you know, stuff like that. You can even grow flowers in it. It's just edible flowers. But if you just want to grow flowers in it for your house, you can do that, you know. So mm. so basically it's, a, it's kind of an interesting concept. It's the homeowner can just buy a kit and set it up and, and they're good to go. They don't have to research and get a whole hydroponic facility set up at their house, even though they could if they're really into it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, this is something the average person just wants to just set it up, set it up and grow things. Doesn't have to figure it all out. It's it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. But you have to have sun and access to electricity. Hmm. So. Wow. Very interesting. Thank you, Arlene. It's been a pleasure. This has been a wonderful visit, and <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, okay. <laughs>